Welcome to Nova Morganum, the podcast series from Uppsala University, produced live by researchers with an interest in interdisciplinary action and novel methods. In this podcast, you will meet guests who work in very diverse ways with academic knowledge production, and often with expertise in its usefulness, from blue sky research to applied science, academic entrepreneurship, or policy development. Today is our seventh episode with Helle Herk Hansen, Vice President Environment at Vattenfall, an energy utility founded in 1909 by the Swedish state. Vattenfall is active in several European countries and has since 2014 gone through a transformation towards sustainability with the aim to meet our unprecedented challenges through an acceleration of solutions. But what does this imply in practice? Welcome, Helle. Thank you very much. So I just wonder, for how long have you worked at Vattenfall? I have worked at Vattenfall since 2006, when Vattenfall acquired uh, Danish assets, uh, primarily, I think, with the intent to um, get more competences within the area of wind. Mm. Um, so it's 16 year n- years now. Yeah, yes, it's a long time. And that also tells us a bit of your uh, background because you're from Denmark. Yes. Yeah. And we spoke earlier about the difference in environmental awareness between Denmark and Sweden. And when you came uh, to work for Vattenfall at that time, you you told me that you could see that there was much more talk about climate change, for example. What, what was it that you noticed? Well, what I noticed starting working in Sweden was that uh, the environmental topic was much more visible in everyday life. Uh, of course, behaviors, but also in opening newspapers and reading articles about nuanced stuff on, on environmental matters. Um, it, of course, doesn't mean that in Denmark we don't care for the environment and or take it seriously, but I think it was just more visible at in Sweden at that point in time. Mm. And your educational background then uh, from Denmark, uh, what did you study? I studied uh, environmental engineering at the Danish t- Danish Technical University. Mm. And uh, and then you felt that was the job market bigger in, in Sweden then, because we were more in the front of environmental thinking, or how come still you ended up in, in Sweden? I was so lucky that I started working in the energy sector in Denmark when I finalized my studies. And to be honest, uh, for me, it just turned out to be the very best place to be. Um, There is almost no environmental aspect that's not relevant for the energy sector. Uh, So very interesting area. And then it just, um, I had different roles within the energy sector and... uh, and ending up it at Vattenfall just just made the shift more towards Sweden. But I mean, I work with a lot of different markets. Mm. Yeah. And uh, what do you think now? Has Denmark caught up with Sweden on environmental awareness? Or is it still a, a difference there? I think we are quite close. I think in the bigger perspective, I think there's a lot of other countries that uh, that could benefit from, from more environmental awareness than than Denmark and Sweden. Mm. Uh, I think we're doing quite well. Yeah. 
So I remember meeting you in Vattenfall Stockholm sauna office just after you had been interviewed for the position as head of environment. Uh, and I think this was in 2012. Yeah? And then uh, you came across as very energetic and uplifted by the challenging experience and expressing satisfaction with your answers to these very difficult questions posed by mainly men in pow powerful positions within a company. Do you remember this uh, day yourself and meeting there outside the canteen for luncheon? Well, I I, I definitely remember uh, that time. Um, in my career, I have made a few more significant shifts, and this was one of them. Um, and um, and I think it's whatever shift I've made that have been quite big it's it's a little bit the feeling that you jump out of an airplane and 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 don't really know if the parachute will will um will unfold so that's probably a bit the 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 energy that you felt there the the rush um but uh but I think I mean I was there's always a leap of faith when you take a big shift, uh, when you when you go out of your maybe normal comfort zone. You know what you're good at. You don't really know what will what will come. Um, and then it's interesting that you note that the the gender aspect because a lot has happened there as well um, within the the both energy sector and Vattenfall organization since uh, 2012. Mm. Are there more women in the board now? Yes. Mm, yes, and the president or CEO, maybe you call her, yes. is a woman. Yes. Mm. Has this also helped you a bit, do you think, or the shift in gender, or has it not mattered? I think in, 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 in anything we do, it helps with more diversity. And it's not just gender diversity, it's diversity in general. Um, I mean, I have been brought up in a male dominated both education and um and and sector you can say uh but i'm so happy uh, to see that uh, there's much more diversity in general and also in on the university side mm. and how is it um you uh as um, now uh, vice president environment you have uh, lots of people working within Vattenfall with environmental aspects for you. How is the gender diversity uh, there? Uh, I think... Um, yeah, well, I think probably we're 50-50. I think there is there is actually a lot of, of, uh, of females working with environmental and sustainability topics. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, I think we're quite equal. Yeah. And... From 2012, when you became the head of environment, you're now called vice president environment. Uh, what is the change in practice? Well, in pr in it is maybe a bit uh, potato potato. Um, I think the, the 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 role, the content is is quite the same. Um, the more the more concrete um, shift was, in fact, that my manager became a part of the executive group management meaning closer to the CEO and where decisions are taken um, but 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 the the role in itself um, is quite the same 
I think an important part for me is uh, that environment and sustainability is organized within our strategic function in um, and our, our strategic development function also includes IT, uh, R&D, um, and, and of course strategy, business development, we have customer service as well. So it is a, a multi-sided function and it is at the core of where uh, decisions and long-term decisions and strategies are made. And I think that's crucial for the area of environment. Mm. Yes. With an interest in transforming Vattenfall from the inside, Helle has been leading Vattenfall's environmental strategic planning. This includes alignment of Vattenfall's very different operations along environmental aspects and sustainability, with tensions between diverse cultural contexts and technological path dependencies. In addition to the diffusion of new knowledge internally, Preferred futures have also been explored together with stakeholders and civic society. During your time at Vattenfall, new knowledge about the climate emergency has spread in society and among employees within polluting businesses. In light of this new awareness, uh, what would you say has been the biggest shift towards environmental concerns and sustainability at Vattenfall? It is definitely true that the view uh, and awareness on environment and sustainability has grown incredibly uh, throughout the years. Um, and uh, that it has influenced Vattenfall and our speed of change. Um, when looking at our um, environmental progress, uh, I would say that probably specifically uh, two areas has influenced um, the speed of change or the way we're working today. Uh, one area being uh, back backcasting. Um, Vattenfall is a very engineer-based company. We like to calculate everything, have everything in place before making a decision. That is a bit the, 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 the historic approach. Um, but but daring to see where do we need to be for the future, understanding, of course, the bigger challenges in society, and saying where do we need to be um, considering decarbonization, uh, etc., energy transition, and then looking back, what are the steps we need to take in order to get there? Um, that has been a very important shift in approach and something that has actually led to us uh, defining science-based targets, net zero targets, uh, etc. Um, but also the value chain perspective, looking outside your own fence and really seeing uh, where are the areas within the value chain that, um, that you need to address and secure resilience in those areas that has been significant. Yeah. So what you said earlier also that now you're more environment is more part of the strategy and thinking strategically yes. and that was not the um how Vattenfall thought of environment before. Yeah. Or I think when looking at um I mean over time I think in general 
the area has has changed. I mean, it's going from more environment being hygiene, uh, something we need. We need to um, comply with legislation. And then with time, it started to be more integrated in, in decision-making until now where it is a, a core strategic topic mm. uh, and, and, and in the center of our business decisions, at least. Um, and, and uh, I mean, Vattenfall has been on a transitional journey. Uh, and, 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 I mean, that just has happened alongside with as well the, the awareness in society. Yeah. And um, we were chatting a bit earlier about this new awareness internally also and among uh, employees that you see a shift there that before um, they could ask questions about the environment, but now uh, what do they do? It is, it's something <laughs> you said, they, they act differently. Yeah, I, c- I think I call it employee activism. Um, I I have definitely felt a shift. Every every employee wants to contribute. I think first and foremost, what happened at Vattenfall was the determination of a clear purpose. We want to enable fossil free living within one generation. And by by defining this very clear purpose and understanding of why are we here, what is it that we want to achieve? Um and and you know making sure this was cascaded throughout the organization, suddenly uh, gave a different feel to the whole organization uh, where everybody was energized and found they could contribute. It has also really trickled innovation and new thinking. Uh, so so now the organization is bubbling with initiative, which I think, I mean, in my role is, is brilliant. Um, but it's also led to the fact that employees in a different way are uh, engaging and taking a responsibility for also making change locally, coming up with new ideas, and they have an interest in to contribute. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it can be examples on how can we travel from A to B in a more, uh, you know, climate smarter way. It can be uh, how do we... Um, how do we get to our offshore sites uh, in 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 a climate smarter way, uh, or down to uh, how can we recycle the coffee cups? Mm. So so it has become become even more important to show in our everyday life that we take an environmental responsibility, uh, but also for me at least to build on the initiatives of employ employers in a different way. Yeah, and do you? think that it's easier for you to be a middle hand and communicate these initiatives with uh, your your boss for example or the board of directors and so on are they listened to in a different way than previously I think there's a different nuance to the questions Uh, I always felt listened to but it, it the the uh, of course, there's a difference whether uh, you are um, lifting a risk or suddenly maybe even lifting a business opportunity. And uh, we have c- become much better at showcasing business opportunities and or efficiencies might be uh, linked to, to the area of environment. 
and also because it's more you know societal re- relevant and and we have customers that are that are setting requirements on us and and asking us to collaborate on on environmental developments yeah. and you went to Stanford this summer for some uh, education uh, was this something they talked about their employees as activists or social initiatives growing bottom-up or was the education about something else <laughs> being a manager yeah m- my education was on uh, ex- executive leadership uh, we talked a lot about decision making we talked a lot about communication and the responsibility as a leader to do so but we also talked a lot about sustainability and it is uh, it is clear that I think it's generally understood as a manager that you need to have some knowledge on sustainability. Uh, and, and, and I mean, that was not the case just three, four years ago. Um, you have to understand terminologies. You have to speak the language. You have to understand how it impacts your business or how you can impact uh, you know, in a better way. Mm. So, um, so that, was, that was very clear. Yeah. And I remember from my ethnographic research of Vattenfall in the UK, this was 2014-15, where the main operations have been wind power development, that the green brand Vattenfall has earned there differs substantially from what you have had to work with in other European countries. So how have you dealt with these tensions between Vattenfall's different operations and their effect on the environment? From uh, from an internal perspective, I think also here our purpose have really guided us uh, because I think every part of the business really had to understand their role in um, enabling enabling fossil free living, um, and that everyone, whether it is uh, the transition away from um, coal in our heat operations or it is deploying new wind, uh, has a role in the energy system. Um, and, and, and I think also um, looking at the external world, uh, one of the challenges, of course, that we, that we see is the whole pol- polarization on, on, on energy the energy system or energy sources, whether you like one or the other. I think within Vattenfall there is a clear understanding now at least that you know any every energy source is needed uh, in securing uh, or any fossil free energy source is needing in securing a sustainable energy system. Mm. Yeah. And um also, uh, here we educate students in technology-based entrepreneurship and also intrapreneurship. And um, I think you had an interesting comment there in discussion with the students that when you want to transform something in the nuclear operations, it works in one way. And when you want to transform s- things in wind power, it works in another way. What What is this? Uh, is it different... Um, organizational cultures connected to these different technologies or is it the technologies in themselves that require different ways of managing transformation what can you tell us a bit i mean vattenfall is a very big organization and um 
uh, I think also there is um, many cultures within one culture, um, also d- depending on markets, areas, uh, business focus, etc. Um, when it comes to environment, the environmental impacts and activities are quite different through, uh, I mean, between different energy sources, but also um, the role of the energy source in in the bigger perspective, whether you maintain existing assets or you grow uh, in certain areas and 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 need to to um, um, to contribute to that part. Uh, but I will say, if specifically you mentioned um, uh, nuclear and wind, and I think it's 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 of course two d- very different activities. I mean, um, within nuclear, you have um, uh, you have a lot of uh, safety requirements. You have a lot of you have to have a structured way of working, and you have to make sure that anything you um, deploy or engage with is uh, checked down to the to the, the minor detail. And therefore, it's very much following, you know, systems processes, etc. Where in wind, of course, you also have a lot of systems and processes, but um, there is more of this um, growth mindset, and we need to tr- try out new things, and um, and 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 I mean, we can dare um, test, uh, and of course, you cannot do that within within nuclear, mm. and. How do you know from your position what is realistic to pursue within this huge organization where you have all these countries and all these different uh, energy sources and technologies and and then there are these ideas about where to go in the future, the strategy and how do you connect between the imagination of the future and the realism on the ground? Well, um I need to work with both, as you say, and um, getting out there and talking to everybody is what is needed in order to uh, make sure that things connect. For me, it is uh, super crucial when working with the more forward-looking strategies that I understand what are the challenges on the ground, you can say, within the different areas of our business. Because otherwise, uh, I will never succeed with the more long-term initiatives and strategies. Um, But the other hand, I mean, we also need to be a bit bold, and uh, there it's also engaging a lot uh, with the external world, understanding where the challenges lie, um, and, and, I mean, what we're doing is very often testing hypotheses or uh, ideas about the future, and then do it with a, a vast variety of stakeholders, but of course always also including our own internal uh, employees. Mm. Yeah, and you are an expert at stakeholder management, and I guess you have many stories to tell about that part of your responsibilities. Uh, but I was thinking, instead of asking you to exemplify a, a difficult case, is it possible to tell a story of when mutual respect has grown out of dialogue and perhaps led to a co-production of knowledge? Yes, I think, I mean, w- we have many good stories of, of, of this happening. And um, um, one example... Uh, we work a lot with uh, biodiversity. Uh, biodiversity is crucial to secure um, 
the permits that we need for tomorrow uh, or, or um, um, our new wind assets or whatever it might be. Um, and uh, we, six years ago, I think it was, was a fun founding member of uh, a business and biodiversity network in Sweden together with um, larger companies and organizations. Um, uh, and um, in the beginning, this was to explore more opportunities in the field of, of biodiversity and share knowledge like a normal, normal network. Uh, now the network has grown to approximately 30 uh, companies and organizations. And we're using this platform actually to um, uh, make common positions, try to influence. But we've also engaged in research projects where we're trying to identify new methods for uh, monitoring biodiversity uh, within projects, mm. a method that's supported by Vinova and where we, uh, of course, want to anchor a common approach so it's understood by us as companies, but also authorities, and can be helped to uh, to speed up the permit process. Okay, was this um, one of the things you discussed with a student uh, from Energy System here? He had been gone to study visit, and there was some sort of fish experiment, or what was it? Uh, well, that that's what we have ongoing within um, R and D uh, linked to biodiversity where we uh, deploy a lot of new technology uh, because we need to know exactly how we impact biodiversity. We need to understand what measures um, actually improve the environment. I mean, we want to invest in things that actually has an environmental improvement. So within our lab in El Colibu, that's where he, he visited, he, he was shown a lot of these uh, activities. And whether it is a full-scale um, we call it the L'Accelerator, uh, which is um, uh, a, 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 what can you say, fish migration fume, uh, where we test how fish migrate in dif under different conditions. And, and, and I mean, we use technologies like face recognition, like eDNA, uh, we use drones, etc., in our work with biodiversity. So we're trying to really think new here. Um, and, and hopefully we can use these technologies also to uh, gain more information and scientific knowledge about biodiversity. Mm. So is it face recognition of uh, fish? Or it's face recognition <laughs> of fish or it's face <laughs> recognition of birds. Yeah. It sounds funny, but mm. it's actually being able to detect uh, uh, what type of fish, if they have diseases or not. I mean, these informations are super crucial for us. Or what type of bird is getting closer to our wind farms uh, at, at what point in time? It's very important information for us. Mm, yes, different research ethics than doing this on humans. Yes, of course. Vattenfall considers itself to be in the vanguard of a transformation of the energy system, stating that responses to the unprecedented challenges we are facing need acceleration. What does this call for increased speed mean? 
for example when looking at the will to secure progress by deploying novel methods with focus on sustainability. Yes, what does this call for acceleration mean to you as Vice President Environment? Well, there is no doubt that uh, there is a, a sense of urgency when it comes to the planetary challenges uh, that we um, that we f that we see, uh, and and I mean it doesn't matter whether we are talking about climate change or biodiversity we mentioned before or um, you know the whole resource depletion situation um, that we have. Um, so. I mean, we, of course, need to make um, a difference as, as Vattenfall. And our key focus uh, have, of course, been to decarbonize our own portfolio uh, to secure a sustainable energy system. Um, but um, we also see an opportunity to do more. So, the, again, the focus on fossil-free living within one generation and um, here equally we've taken steps in decarbonizing uh, in partnerships with other industries um, and um, and of course the climate perspective have been a driver for that uh, uh, to a large extent but um, also I think the fact that there is a demand for other types of products. There is an expectation of a greenium on products, so a green premium, you can call it. Um, uh, so, so we definitely see that we have a clear role to play in electrification of society and there is an increased need for fossil-free electricity. Yeah, yes, and... Um Still, I was a bit curious, as you know, a researcher can be about this acceleration and speed. I mean, uh, because I can hear that you are doing a lot of different things, both in small scale and large scale, and wanting to be part of changing the system. Um, and and then you think this with speed is mainly because uh, it has been expressed to be a climate emergency. Is it like we're in a hurry and is is that why Vattenfall also emphasizes this with speed? We definitely need. Um, uh, I mean, to ramp up in order to reach the climate targets that we have, and I mean, we already now see uh, the impacts of a changing climate, uh, and it impacts us as well. Um, so I mean, uh, drought periods, uh, forest fires extreme weather events we we to some extent already see it and mm. and of course we do clear risk assessments linked to how is climate as well impacting us and our mm. business um i think there is there is no doubt that that uh, i mean there is a need for more uh, energy production electricity production um and we i mean we we need it tomorrow the biggest obstacle as i see it is very much on the permitting side having permits fast enough because i d i don't i mean uh that's what 
what's keeping us uh, from from accelerating. Yeah. Is there anything you can do then to have, um, because that's some external actors, uh, I guess. So how do you talk to them about speeding up? Is it is it possible to have that discussion or um, do you understand? Like yeah. if you are doing it at the speed you want, but you feel that you're thwarted by others, uh, how, how do you deal with that? I think there's a lot of things we can do. Um, first and foremost, of course, we're having very open discussions on uh, how can we speed up the process. Um, I think there is, if we can be ourselves uh, very well prepared, we can make sure that, that every um, assessment and monitoring is done uh, so that the, the, um, the needed information is there for the authorities to deal with. Uh, we can um, engage with local communities, with society on uh, understanding the need for certain developments and getting acceptance uh, for that. Um, of course, there are also things that needs from the other side. Um, but us being as competent as we can um, and forward-looking, as well as I think the research we talked about before, securing the the scientific foundation for the decision that needs to be made mm. is 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 super crucial yeah and um, because for me also um sweden as a has like a over <laughs> uh, arcing strategy of a becoming a fossil free nation and it seems to be the decision among authorities that uh, decarbonisation is prioritised. So why do you think it is slow? There are many, many interests and and sometimes opposite interests um, uh, when it comes to deploying new energy solutions. Um, and I think uh, it would benefit us with uh, more clear, um, more clear national plans. So it's not just Sweden; it's in many countries, but more clear plans that are aligned in the communi- community at large um, or society at large. Um, because we do see, I mean, it, whether it's defense or local communities or nature-related questions. I mean, there's a lot of things that 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 plays a role in this. Um, and uh, and I think we have to be very, very clear on the fact that uh, we need the energy transition, we need more electricity production, um, we need also, uh, we need it for for um, the de- decarbonisation, but we also need it for the new green industries that are developing. Um, and if we are going to do that, uh, we need to do it in an efficient way, a resource-efficient way, and a, a, a cost-efficient way, at the same time as with clear concern for nature impact. Mm. And that needs a plan. Yeah. And... Since you can compare between many different countries, then where Vattenfall is active about uh, their potential slowness or speed, uh, is 
where would you say the process of getting permits accepted is is um, quicker than? Uh, can you do you have any example? I generally think it's a challenge in in every of the market we are a part of. Of course, there are different approaches to the deployment of new energy solutions. Um, uh, but but I mean. One interesting development, for example, has been in Germany where they have decided that um, before everything else, uh, climate has a, a, a precedence. So if there's a clear uh, you know, climate beneficial purpose of a certain activity, then that has to be a faster process. Mm. Um, and then that can be allowed um, even if there's an impact on other areas. Uh, I think I'm very, I, I'm, 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 I don't really like a lot of the discussions about the conflicting targets. I really believe in us finding opportunities of coexistence, uh, common benefits, if we, you know, do, do projects smart and, and well prepared and with an understanding of, of different interests. Uh, but it requires uh, uh, yeah, more, more national planning. Yes. And um, we were also discussing a bit uh, during our conversation be before this recording that there is a new expression that you sometimes meet. Was it banana? or yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's, yes. what's that? Build absolutely nothing anywhere near anyone that's the <laughs> abbreviation so we started with the nimby uh, not in my backyard and now we have the banana expression um, and I think of course there is a hesitance uh, to change to um, um, and, and, and concern in many ways I think Looking, looking at the challenges uh, that we, s the planetary challenges we see, we need to act. It will mean that we will need um, to deploy more uh, fossil free energy um, in in the different markets, um, and um, and w and I think we we need to accept that change. Um, but of course, I understand there is a lot of different interests. Mm. Yes, so my last question. I wonder if you think that you are now in the middle of uh, the transformation when it is as most powerful, or do you think that, that maybe someone working in 2050 will go through an even more powerful transformation? What do you think? Mm. Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I think we are in a in in the middle of a very very interesting transformation. However, um, I mean, just looking back twenty years ago, we thought probably we we'd done everything, and probably there would not be so many more technical developments. I mean, when I was younger, we talked about who would like a phone where you could you know, see the persons you would call, etc. 
and look at now. So I, I, I'm sure that in 2050 they would look back on us and say we were not fast enough or not smart enough or, I mean, that's how we develop, isn't it? Yes. Thank you very much for coming here to the Ångström Laboratory, Hella. It was very nice meeting you again. Thank you for having me. Thank you.